This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate podcast. I started with GTD, actually. And this is where the concept of attention management comes in. Because, I mean, David Allen is the one that brought up this concept. Basically, he's the one that showed us that, you know, time management is a thing. But then there's where is your attention and what are your commitments? And this is where GTD started initially. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's up, guys? This is Jonathan Farber, host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. This show is all about achieving financial freedom as fast as possible so you can do whatever makes you happy in life. For me, that vehicle was real estate, and it's how I achieved financial freedom at 27. If you want to know how I got started, my journey is presented in a YouTube video posted in the show notes, and I post daily in our private Facebook group about my favorite topics and day-to-day strategies. I appreciate you guys being here, and let's get started. Oh, by the way, reach out if you ever need help. I try to keep my calendar open and talk to anyone that needs it or has any quick questions. See you guys. Guys, talk to you later. What's going on, guys? Today we have an awesome episode with Roy Kute. Roy is a productivity specialist. We actually connected on TikTok. He's got an awesome following there. And as you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while or in the Facebook group, I am sort of a productivity nerd and just like to experiment and tinker with the tools. So that's why Roy and I really hit it off. Uh, a little bit about Roy. He has an unconventional background to this world and this space. He graduated as a pharmacist. Um, in Lebanon in 2013. He worked there for three years before moving to Toronto, where he lives now, and started his business on the side. Once he moved to Toronto, he kind of started all over again. He got his pharmacy license and launched his side hustle business called Elite Digitalist. And now he's been growing that, teaching, creating templates, creating online courses and online products. Um, and it's just been really cool to watch and see over the last couple of months, especially as there's all these new technologies and tools coming in play and how he's kind of integrating everything. But it's fun to hear how he transitioned the side hustle into more of a business as he's still working in a full-time job that takes his time. And I know a lot of you guys are out in full-time jobs and building either real estate or some other income stream as a side hustle. And I think you're going to really connect with Roy and how he's doing it. Um, the main learning and tools and topics and things that we talked about in the show were really around productivity systems and how tools and products can work together. Um, some of the tools we mentioned and talked about on the show, Todoist, Notion, Google Calendar, Rome, um, Slack, just the stack of apps that he uses to basically run his life and run his business that I think a lot of you guys have may have considered or may have heard me talk about. Uh, and it's cool to get to ask a lot of those questions that I've had selfishly and know some of you guys have mentioned. Um, the main learning I had from the show and from Roy was how important it is to have a system that works together and how much happier and more productive you can be if you have different tools that talk to each other and you can manage things when you're on your computer or on your phone or have a system that's kind of designed for your lifestyle instead of just one that you saw randomly on a YouTube video. So a lot of good stuff. That was just something that I picked up and kind of just hearing him talk about it, it really clicked with me. The tangible tip for today's episode, you've heard me talk about a lot of these tools. Just try one of them. It could either be Notion, Airtable, Rome, whatever they are. I would recommend Notion or Airtable as an experiment and just see how it goes. Roy's tip was to just move one workload or one project onto it to just see how it integrates. You don't have to move everything at once, but just try one. Most of them have free trials, if not all of them. And if you can just play around with it and see if you like it or not, it's much better than wondering what if or moving the entire thing over in one chunk and then just being stuck or taking that burden on. So that's really not fun. Um, but it just might make your life that much easier. So the tangible tip would be to just download one of those apps today, either on your computer or phone right after this episode and give it a whirl. And if you have any questions, reach out to Roy or check him out on TikTok. He's got some amazing content. So that's today's tangible tip. Awesome, awesome episode with Roy Kute. Enjoy and see you guys soon. All right, Roy, what is going on, man? How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, I'm I'm good. Finally, it's nice to meet you off of uh, TikTok and and virtual life. So, uh, yeah, really excited to 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 the discussion today. Yeah, man, absolutely. We're going to we'll get into TikTok and social media lately. It is cool. We were just talking about it before how much networking and business 
and potential income can be made from social media, but even, you know, TikTok. And that's like you said, how we first got connected, just saw your videos on productivity, Todoist, Notion, Google Suites. For people that follow the podcast, they know that I'm, I wouldn't even say a closet like nerd at this point. I, I'm a full blown. I just love these tools. I geek out on them and always thinking about how we can automate things and make things a little more simple and clean and just, you know, have fun with the tools so that we don't dread using them and we enjoy using them and kind of be more productive, make more money from them. So, you know, we'll have a, a good conversation digging into all that today. But Roy, before we do, you mind just giving our listeners a quick background on who you are and how you got into this world of, of productivity, entrepreneurship, business, and then, you know, from a high level, bring us up to speed on where you are today. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, before I, so right now I live in Toronto, Canada, but before I moved here, I was actually living in Lebanon in the Middle East. So it's a long way from here. And um, actually I graduated as a pharmacist. I was following this um, career path where um, I wanted to work at a pharmacy and, you know, explore um all, all the things that this profession has to give. And it's really interesting and um, challenging. But then I started working at a job uh, that required marketing and sales. So it was like a medical sales uh, rep type of job. And there's not much overlap between the scientific parts that we learned and these sales um, skills. So this is when I started, um, you know, Googling and YouTubing and researching all these skills. And I went down the rabbit hole of uh, personal development and productivity because I needed to learn these skills in a very quick way. So um, once, once I started looking for these things, um, it looked really overwhelming because there were like hundreds and hundreds of methods and systems and uh, books and uh, gurus and w whatever you, you see online. So I, I needed like a way to, you know, to find out what works and what doesn't. And this is how I started, um, you know, collecting all this the information and making systems. Um, and after working for a year or two, I found out there's uh, better opportunities here in the West. So moving from like a small country in Lebanon to Canada was a big move for me. So I went for the challenge and I moved here and uh, now I'm here. And as, as I moved here, I still did my um, pharmacy certification to work here. But at the same time, um, I've seen lots of professional people here in the financial district in Toronto and I came into contact with lots of professionals that were always struggling with these systems. So I always had this back in mind, uh, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it, all this productivity stuff. So uh, you, you always feel the itch to tell people like, oh, no, you don't have to be this stressed about it. You can, you know, actually do this and that and find uh, these cool systems. And uh, long story short, I started developing these systems up to a point where I didn't find any more solutions. So I had to create my own. And uh, this is when things started to get interesting. So this is when I founded Elite Digitalist after helping a few friends. And then they uh, introduced me to, to some other people that became uh, future clients. And this is how I began developing all these uh, productivity uh, systems for, uh, for my clients. So uh, yeah, this is like a quick summary of my uh, story, how I got here. For sure. And, and just before we dig back into it, where, where is it at today? What has it grown into? And you know, what, what is your kind of like day to day with the business? So right now, Elite Digitalist, uh, it is still my side hustle. However, it has grown to a really significant size. So right now I do have coaching clients that I coach um, either for uh, just a few coaching sessions or if they need, they can enroll in um, my big program, which has like a uh, it it uh, covers everything as um, like their whole system from, from A to Z. This is one big uh, part of my clients. And I also have uh, Notion templates uh, part of my business where I uh, make Notion templates and sell them. And sometimes I would create custom templates for people if, if they need to. So this is a new thing that I've just started a few months ago. So um, right now it's mainly coaching and Notion templates, but 
soon enough it will grow also into you know self-paced course uh, self-paced courses and mm-hmm. maybe cohort based courses and group coaching mm-hmm. so i have an idea of of what you do but i'm curious how you would describe it or you know think about it yourself you know like just in the world of you know if someone says you know roy like how can you help me or you know like what is it that you know you can bring to a business or a person Okay, so yeah, I, I really like this question because I really wanted to talk about this. So the way to think about it is we always hear about self-improvement and personal development. And I mean, I, I, I imagine your audience would like this type of content and I do too. Uh, I'm a consumer of this content as well. But at some point I discovered that with all the dig- digital technology that is going on right now, the pace of change is really, really growing fast because of technology. And I feel that the information that we have was not 100% helping us to be uh, following up with all this quick rate of change. So um, I discovered that it's not enough to only do personal development and improve ourselves, but we have to improve something outside of ourselves so that whenever we fail to um, keep the momentum or keep our memory sharp. So so some days you're you're not performing your best, but you have to deliver. So this is when I discovered that why don't we use the technology to rely on the technology in these moments to deliver our best results, regardless of whether we are keeping the momentum or we are falling a little bit behind. We have a new technology, which is the digital technology in our hands that is always using us. We are always consuming content, wasting our time, getting distracted by it. But why don't we use it to our advantage and use all these systems so that regardless of we can improve our memory or not, regardless of we can become more disciplined or not, regardless if we can improve our habits fast enough, we have this technology that gives us a push so that um, we can always rely on an external system that takes care of these things. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm against self-improvement. No, the the opposite. I'm with it. But I just felt that with all this technology that is going on right now, sometimes it's it's not enough. There's a a faster pace going on, something new, a a new world that we're uh, part of right now. Mm -hmm, For sure. And when you, you know, first meet someone, I'm curious, because you you now see a lot of people, um, you know, as clients and probably a ton of people reaching out. So I'm curious for you, like, what are the common themes that you think keep people from being productive or getting the things done that they want? You know, because clearly you, you must have been seeing something that you could solve. So what are the common themes that you see people running into or things that are holding them up from being productive typically? So from all the people I've seen, there are three big, big, big common uh, trends that you would see in people. And, you know, coming from a productivity person, maybe you would have imagined that I would have like a list of these things. (laughs) But uh, the first one would be um, a lot of people would say, um, yeah, I know how to do time management, but it doesn't work. Or uh, they would be hung up on time management all the time. And um, for this reason, I really like to emphasize that productivity is not only time management. Time management maybe used to work maybe 10 years ago when all you had was a few tasks, a few projects. Um, The rate of change was a little bit slower than right now, because let's face it, what you see right now in one week, you used to see before maybe in a month, 10 years ago. So um, I really emphasize that we also need to pay attention to attention management so we all all of us have calendars so on your calendar you can you know time block you can see how you can use your time but you can never see how your attention is divided you you don't have a dashboard for your attention Mm -hmm. and this is uh, one of the first uh, parts that i bring as a solution to people is that okay time management is good we can master it but it's old news we know how to do that there's not much new things that uh, are going on with time management. We all have the same 24 hours. Of course, we can be more efficient. We can automate. But there's one thing that we are missing is attention management. So what is your attention? Uh, where is it divided? And how you can, more, more importantly, visualize it with our tools. So you want to see, like, what am I committed to? Where is my attention going? So we have a dashboard for that. This is one of the advantage of the digital systems that they give you. Uh, the second one is a lot of people have 
a mindset uh, problem with productivity because they think that, oh, once I want to start doing productivity and um, start following up on everything I have, I'm going to be stressed, stressed out. And why do they think this? Because they've never thought of productivity as an external system that improves on its own versus them having to improve. So what I mean by that is people think like, oh, if I start to list out the things and make to-do lists, then I would be stressed. I would look at the to-do list and I would think, oh, there's lots of things to do. And then you would see the, the people in the productivity world uh, having arguments about to-do lists versus time management. And my answer to that is that you are basically stressed because you really don't know what you what to have to, what you have to do so let's take an example of two people that have to wake up at 7 one of them has an alarm and then they put the alarm on and they sleep and then when, once the alarm rings they wake up at 7 the other person still has to wake up at 7 but they don't have an alarm. They think like, oh, I don't want to set up an alarm. It makes me too stressed out and it's stressful. This is an analogy of what's happening here because the person that has an alarm, sure, they might take some time to get their phone, to set up the alarm, to think like, oh, I'm going to have to wake up when the alarm rings. But now they have a system. So it's the opposite, actually. So now, now that they, they have a system, they can sleep well, knowing that the alarm will wake them up the next day. So the same way productivity will not make you stressed, it's the opposite. Once you have all those lists and everything is outside your head, now you can relax and you can trust the system and you can um, have productivity take all this clutter and all the stress from you and have it all in front of you. So it's, it's more, this mindset is mostly problem of like a self-awareness mostly because, you know, you have to face it at the end of the day. Like, why didn't you do these tasks? You have to come up with an answer. So I think this is the original uh, mindset problem versus no, it's just going to make me stressed out. Uh, so this is the second one. And the third one is mostly people that prefer uh, like not to use digital systems. Now, I still use pen and paper and I, I, I still um, sometimes need a pen and paper to do things. Um, some, some people also like to do mind uh, uh, dumps or journaling by pen and paper and nothing wrong with that. But we have to admit at this point that all of us are engaging with the digital world, especially professionals and people that are ambitious and going somewhere. And just ignoring the digital world does not solve your problems. Even if you're into meditation or yoga or mindfulness, it does not mean that you have to ignore uh, all, all your um, uh, digital tools so that you can have uh, well-being and mindfulness. It's the opposite. Once you have a good relationship with your digital systems, once you know that you control them, once you know that they are working for you and not against you, this is when we feel that, okay, we have to find, we have to agree that digital systems are not going anywhere. We have to interact with them at some point in our lives, especially for our professional people and ambitious people. And we have to, uh, you know, fix our relationship with them. Mm -hmm, so these sure. are the three main uh, uh, trends I see with people I coach. Okay. So there's a lot there to dig into. I heard you say a couple things that made me think of some other productivity methodologies or teachers. So, you know, we've had other productivity people on the, on the show. We have a couple more coming, you know, I would say people that, you know, books that I've, you know, have motivated me to look up to someone or a methodology, you know, like my, my three are a combination of probably Tim Ferriss, David Allen and Michael Hyatt, you know, there's obviously others, but um, I heard you mention some of the, the verbiage of getting things out of your head and onto paper, big GTD, David Allen concept. So with your strategy, do you pull from multiple people or are you more of a follower of uh, one or two main type of productivity thinkings or, you know, like how did, you know, how do you think about how the concept came together or are there any like core, you know, concepts that, you know, you've pulled from other people that have kind of become what your system is? Yes, great questions, because I started with GTD, actually. And this is where the concept of attention management comes in, because, I mean, David Allen is the one that brought up this concept, basically. He's the one that showed us that, you know, time management is a thing, but then there's where is your attention and what are your commitments? And this is where GTD started initially. And um, this is where 
all my task management methods have started. But then after that, I uh, also started looking into knowledge management. And this is where I had, um, I joined the course of uh, building a second brain. I'm not sure if you know it, but this is but by- But for those that don't, how would yes. you classify it? Sorry to jump in. Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, for those that know GTD, GTD is basically task management or action management. So it's, it's mostly focused on how do you uh, manage everything that needs to be done as an action. So there's always, the, especially the clarify phase where you clarify the action verb on which uh, what you will be doing. Uh, but it did not focus much on knowledge management. I mean, if you see how GTD is done, there is a part where you keep your documents and keep all this or you, or you uh, uh, get rid of them, but it does, does not really dive deep into them, especially after we developed all these note-taking apps and Notion and these linked thinking apps. So this is what Forte Labs did, or Tiago Forte after David Allen, is doing basically a GTD for knowledge. This is how it started. So um, he has this, this para methodology. If people want to uh, Google it, it's P-A-R-A, and it's part of uh, building a second brain. The concept of you now can use your computer or your phone or any apps that you are using to um, you know, store your information, to store your knowledge, and then not only store it, but also create with it and create content and make something productive out of it because we don't want to just hoard information and keep it in our system. So the output of uh, the para method or, um, or, or building a second brain basically is you want to use the compounding effect of your knowledge so that you can come up with uh, good content or not only good content, but even to act on your ideas in a better way and produce better. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, I first started with those two systems. And after that, I started adding my own, um, you know, my own, whatever I learned extra on these two systems to create a, a bigger system. So this is when I started diving into no code, into uh, uh, linking your thinking apps. This is also a name of a YouTube channel, Linking Your Thinking, hmm. which uh, dives into Obsidian Rome research and all the linked thinking type of um, uh, note-taking. Um, th this goes more into like the personal knowledge management corner uh, of the internet, <laughs> but uh, I also pulled some things from, from that uh, corner, if you will. Mm -hmm. And also I look into uh, people that dive into tools and no-code tools and dashboards like Airtable and uh, Notion um, to, to just add this uh, digital angle to all of this to, to better use uh, the systems because um, you would see people that talk a lot about systems but ignore the tools and people that talk a lot about the tools but ignore the systems. So mm. I wanted to add like the tool matters after all, even though people with systems say, oh, you can use whatever tool you want, but we have to look at the tool first because also the tool shapes how we use our, our information and our knowledge. It's funny you say that because even when, when David was on the show, like a lot of people ask him that question, but you know, I, I wanted to try to give a version of it or get a version of it. And he dismissed the tool question. He's like, use a pen and paper. But I think with 2021 and technology and being pulled, like there is the argument that distractions haven't changed. You know, like people were distracted 50 years ago, but you know, that was just what they thought was distracting. Now we're just as distracted. It's just our version of it. But, you know, yeah, I, I think it is refreshing to hear someone talk about, you know, the methodology and the tools. So get like on that, that train of thought for anyone that hasn't read GTD, check it out. It's an awesome book. Um, and there's tons of good stuff on YouTube about it, but I think that's a good segue into like the actual tools and how you think about the tools and the tools that you're using today. Um, and if you could just talk to, you know, like how you define each tool that you use, um, you know, what you use it for in your kind of like system at the moment. Yes, sure. So here you would see two groups of people on the internet. The first group would be, I don't want to use many tools. I just want to put everything into Notion because this is how I like to see everything. And this is a valid point because, I mean, if we could, all of us would do that. If we could have this awesome, perfect system that has everything we need to, 
to see and do, then we wouldn't have to, you know, divide our attention between five different apps and then everything would be clear and the world would be perfect. But I don't think we have reached this point yet, even with Notion, uh, because I know like people use Notion for this uh, 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 function mostly, but I don't think we have reached this point. That's why I am mostly subscribing to the other point of view, which is I use like a stack of, of apps. And there's also always advantages and disadvantages. There's not like one that's better than the other, but it depends on what type of person you are. So if you are always remote working, you have your laptop, you have a big screen or a couple of screens, this works really well. Having Notion um, like on a, on a big screen, you can open even a couple of, of Notion pages, a couple of dashboards, have everything in front of you. It would really work well. But if someone is more um, active, like on their phone or they need to drive and then go to an office and then go somewhere else. And they need this flexibility of being a little bit more agile because Notion is not really agile. It's a little bit slow. It takes time to load. It is comprehensive though, but it's not agile. And you can't just, if you want to go buy like a bar of chocolate and it's not now, it's like in two hours, you don't want to forget, you want to add it. You won't add it to Notion. You would feel it's overkill. Mm -hmm. So you would normally use something more like Todoist or a task manager where you can really capture it in like one second. And then it would remind you in a couple of hours, you would see it on your Apple Watch or on your phone. Um, then you can just go to the grocery store, grab it on your way back, make a phone call. If you're this agile, you would need like a separate task manager. Mm. So the solution I came up with for this, for these two groups, there's, there is something in the middle a little bit, which is uh, you use Notion as a prototype. So you use Notion first, you can add everything to Notion. And then once a function takes a lot of effort and you need more functionalities and it's not loading fast, you can then take it out and put it in a separate app. The best example of that would be people using sales CRM. So they would use the sales CRM or even CMS, like a content management system inside of Notion. But at some point you might have a team of five or 10 people doing that and uh, multiple sales people uh, having calls and it's going a little bit um, bigger than Notion. This is when you can just say, okay, the sales part, we'll take it out of Notion, put it in this app, and then we will use the whole functionality of the app. Maybe they have also like a, a customer support where they need to create something for your, your company. So this is when I would go outside of Notion but I would still keep a reference or something that shows me inside Notion that our sales is linked to this page because I would still want to see everything in one place, but not actually use it in one place, just at least see it as a, you know, dashboard. Mm -hmm. So, man, I could ask you so many questions. I've, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be concise. Okay. Um, so for you right now, uh, what, what is the primary use of Notion? And maybe maybe even before you answer that, just two parts. Could you just define maybe for someone who's never heard of Notion what it is, but then you know explain what it is for you and how you have now like morphed into using it? Yeah, so if someone doesn't know Notion, Notion, the easiest way to think about it is it is basically a blank page that can act as your private website if you want to think about it this way. So imagine you have a blank page, but it's your own website. It's like a website where you can add anything you want inside. So as you can see in a website, you can add images, videos, text, uh, tables, databases, whatever you want. Now, you this is a private page. So it's not a website that can be, uh, that is actually like a, a, a public, you can Google search, but it has this functionality inside it. So you can always share your work. So Notion is part of uh, uh, note-taking apps that are a little bit more advanced. So it's, it's an overlap between note-taking apps and no-code apps. No-code apps are apps that do not require you to code, but at the same time, you have the power to uh, create uh, blocks inside it that resemble, uh, you know, something that you could code. So uh, to make it more simple, uh, you can add anything you want on this page and you can create sub pages and sub pages and then create databases inside. And those databases would normally function something like Excel, basically, where you have all these 
properties inside the database and then you can change the views and see them in different ways so um, i'm not sure if if this is uh, more simple or more confusing but this is basically notion for someone that doesn't know it mm -hmm. um, but i would say they would have to try it to really know what uh, you know we're talking about um, now most people would use Notion for uh, note taking and for uh, databases. So they would add their personal knowledge management inside Notion. So everything like book summaries or uh, articles they are reading with their highlights and bold and uh, any insights that they come up with. Uh, they can use it for databases that have many views. So they can use it for content, for example, where you they use a Kanban board. And this, this moves a little bit more into the project management type of things. Um, so these are the main use cases that I've seen uh, people mostly use in Notion. Mm -hmm. uh, the way I use it is I don't use all the functionalities in Notion. The way I use it is I use it on top of all my apps. So to understand this better, um, you have to know that I use a separate task manager for all my tasks. So basically, this is GTD and all the tasks that I do. What's also, what are tools that? So I use Todoist for that, but mm -hmm. someone, if they want to look into it, they can use TickTick, Todoist, or Things3. Those would be like really similar things. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, I would use uh, NoteTaker. Um, I use Evernote right now. Lots of people uh, have like, uh, the, you, you'll see it in the TikTok comments. They don't like that because it's a little bit slow. And really? didn't develop as fast as users wanted it to be. So most Notion users were maybe ex-Evernote users. So uh, I still use Evernote because it captures things perfectly from anywhere. So it's really good for quick capture. And I use it as an informal note taker uh, because Notion is very formal for me. I like to keep things neat inside Notion because it takes time to load. So I prefer it to be a little bit neat and formal. And um, on top of that, then I would use uh, Notion. So um, I would use Notion here to visualize all my projects, uh, to visualize all my life areas. So anytime I want to track my health, my wealth, uh, personal CRM for relationships, um, even uh, if you want to have like some travel um, information, like some travel dashboards for each country you visited to add some information about it now. Um, the, the ways are endless, but I would use it this way as a personal dashboard where I track my projects, my areas, and I also um, track my goals and my, uh, the vision of my future. So this is, this is the part where, where I started to combine things from the productivity world and the self-help world and the lifestyle design world. And this is like the unique proposition of Elite Digitalist is that we are the overlap of these three things. So digital productivity on its own helps you dive into the how to do things, how to do task management, GTD, para, all these nerdy topics. This is the digital productivity part. But I layered on top of that two things. The first one would be the personal growth side, which is not always mentioned in these uh, topics. So here I would talk about goal setting and achieving your vision and uh, using multiple ways to do it, whether it's bottom-up approach or a top-down approach. And I would combine these two things. And at the same time, I added a third uh, topic, which is lifestyle design, because I believe that personal productivity without lifestyle design at the end would just keep you like a, like a guinea pig on a hamster wheel without achieving anything. So even if you have also personal goals and you achieve them, if you don't combine them into a nice lifestyle design to really enjoy your success and enjoy what the things you have achieved, um, I think there's like a missing ingredient and in, in the ingredients of like uh, the good life or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> For sure. I hear that loud and clear. Um, a couple <laughs> other tools that I had questions on or I'd seen you post about. And I feel like, again, once you're in this world and you like tinkering and experimenting, like you're bound to try so many of the different types of tools. But I saw some of the other ones you mentioned or had like a logo on a thumbnail was um, ClickUp. And then you also mentioned Airtable before and then also Google Suite. So could you just go through those three also of how you use them or you know how they integrate into your workflow? 
Yeah, sure. So what we've been talking about now the whole time applies mostly to personal productivity. But now if you want to add uh, a big chunk of my uh, followers and people I coach are digital entrepreneurs. So they have their own businesses or their own side hustles, and uh, they're really interested in building their own thing. And this is where we, we need some extra tools because personal productivity takes care of everything we talked about, but we still have the the uh, public part of a business. So now we're talking, we were talking about the private part, which is your personal productivity, but public and in public, I also mean uh, teams and uh, uh, people that you collaborate with because collaborations are between public and private because it's like you're collaborating in private, but you're sharing what you're collaborating on. So mm-hmm. once you want to go beyond personal productivity into digital entrepreneurship, Um, There are five levels to this. And once you start to go to level two, three, four, and five, this is where you want to start adding these tools. So ClickUp, uh, another alternative would be like Asana. Those two are like the most common right now. Those are for project management. So these would be very similar to a task manager like Todoist, but for teams. So whenever you want to organize tasks and dependencies between two or more people, uh, it's better to use something like uh, like a project manager that has uh, built-in features specifically designed for these functions. And um, other than ClickUp, you said Airtable. Um, so Airtable, this is where we start to dive into the no-code realm. This is where we start to have integrations uh, embedded in databases. So it's basically just like the Notion databases, but a little bit more powerful because they can integrate. I mean, I know Notion now has integrations, but Airtable integrations are um, some people build no code apps with them and they build like some really good functioning systems with them. So uh, this is where you can start to automate your uh, parts of your marketing, your sales, uh, using Airtable, using uh, integrations with other apps, including Airtable. And Mm -hmm this is where people would start to use these extra apps, especially if they are like into, you know, entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. I'll come back to that, but just the last one also I mentioned, um, curious how you use, is just Google suite or Google calendar. So, so Google calendar, um, I mean, Google calendar, I just use it as, as, uh, uh, integrated with my to-do list so that because tasks and, um, time blocks are not equal. So sometimes you would have 10 tasks that would take one hour. And sometimes you would have one task, one task that takes 10 hours. So, um, tasks and time management are, are not equal. You have to know how much each task will take. So mm-hmm. that's why I use them uh, in parallel because because you need to know this information. However, uh, for Google Suite or Google Drive, uh, this is when uh, where I will just use um, files that whenever you have a team or you have collaboration and you want to share files really quickly, this is where I would use uh, this. And for people that we ju- we mentioned uh, building a second brain before, and this is one of the best parts of it is that you would have for personal productivity, a system that, uh, an organizational system that goes beyond one app, uh, it's the same organizational system that you use for all your apps. So it's very easy to find your files and folders. In the same way, I would use Google Suite or Google Drive. And and that way you would know each folder, um, how to access the information in each folder really quickly, how to get to that and then um, how to collaborate with others or how to use these files across you know, uh, small teams and sometimes bigger teams. Hmm. Okay, gotcha. So for someone that's starting out, you know, now they are aware of a lot of different options for tools. Um, you know, they may be confused. They may be now sort of overwhelmed. You know, like what would you say would be a good starting point for someone that maybe is new to this world. They know they need to get more organized. They know that right now, let's just, let's just say they're only writing stuff down in notebooks. They don't use digital notes. They don't use digital task management. They don't use digital project management. They're just writing stuff down in notebooks. They're really disorganized. They're all over the place and they just want to get more productive to start being you know, better and get towards their goals. What do you think is a good starting point or how, how do you think someone could start that? Yeah, so um, of course there would be 
very different starting points for different people. But if we want to generalize and see something that works for most, it would be mostly, I would start with task management coupled with a calendar uh, to start with the basics, because these are the two basic, basic things that we talked about at the beginning of the episode when we said there's time management and attention management. So we need to know our starting point. We need to know like in what kind of mess we are first <laughs> before, <laughs> before we try to solve it, you know? So we want to know like, okay, um, do I have not enough time or do I have not enough, uh, uh, like I have too many projects or what's happening here? So we need to diagnose the situation first. So this is why I would start with a task manager. Task managers are really very, very intuitive really user-friendly, so it doesn't have a learning curve. Normally, uh, it would be very easy to start with a task manager. And then a calendar also is very intuitive because it, it, we're all, already people use calendars all the time. It's just like the digital part of it where you would just maybe integrate it with a, a task manager that would be a little bit more advanced. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, this is a really, really nice starting point. Also for some people, if they have a lot of emails, um, you know, learning inbox zero would be a great way to start as well. Um, so either start with this one or uh, either task management with time management or start with getting to inbox zero because, you know, some of those emails require you to add tasks at some point because you will have 10 emails, three of them are events, five of them are tasks. So you're going to put them somewhere at the end of the day. You don't want to keep them inside your email and lose them inside. So this is why these two things would go hand in hand, inbox zero and task management. So I'm glad you said that. I had a couple of rapid fire questions to wrap up the show. And that was um, one of them, how you handle email. Um, so can you just define what inbox zero is and how do you categorize emails, um, how many folders you have or kind of what your process is with checking email as well? Okay. So inside my email, I have zero folders. I don't use it as a knowledge management system and I don't use it as a task management system because I talked about stacking earlier. So I do have a nice stack that covers all these things outside my email inbox. So if I receive inside my uh, inbox a task, then with one click, uh, so I use Spark, it works on Mac. I'm not sure if there's a similar alternative on Windows, but you can always use inside your browser um, Chrome extensions for your own app, so it should work. Um, so in one click, I would send any task in my email to my Todoist. Just one click, send to Todoist, and then it would show up over there. If I have any note, in one click, I would send it to my Evernote, and then I would save this note, or as a PDF, um, also it's an option, and this would be saved inside my note, uh, Notes app. Uh, if I have some event, uh, I would just schedule it from inside my email, and then it would show on my calendar app, whether it be Google Calendar or Fantastical or whatever calendar you use. So I would go, uh, I would always process my inbox uh, really quickly without decision-making, without thinking about organization, just to make sure that I get to inbox zero. After that, you can start looking at your tasks all together, and then you would make better decisions then because you would see all your tasks next to each other. You would see all your notes next to each other. You would see which ones would fit in the same folder in, inside your apps and which are just useless and you need to delete. So uh, I would always keep my email empty, uh, my email inbox empty, no folders, uh, no smart features. I, I don't use email for anything. I would just remove everything from my email. And then once they're in my system, I would start using uh, them inside my system. Okay. Gotcha. So for anyone that's not familiar with inbox zero, it is just like um, a clutter free system that you can use to kind of like, instead of dread email, use it as a way to just like prioritize your life. It's very powerful. I got introduced to it a couple of years ago when I was in corporate and one of our executives was like, you should learn it, do it, blah, blah, blah. But probably the best thing I got from corporate. Um, okay. So I have a couple just rapid fire questions. Some of these are selfish questions just for, you know, like my common problems, but also questions that I've heard over and over in the real estate space. So um, I mentioned Airtable before there's a couple content creators that we follow and a couple of people in the real estate space that talk about Airtable, um, a complaint that I've heard. And then when I looked into it, definitely kind of agreed with it 
is that Airtable to me felt complicated, even compared to Notion. Um, it just felt, especially for people that were coming off Google Sheets, felt like they could not get into Airtable. So any any best practices or tips or kind of ways that you think about using Airtable um, to maybe make it a little less complicated or, you know, like any any training or anything like that? So what I would do if I had to do that, I would first keep the, we, we spoke about Notion as a prototype. So I would keep the function inside Notion first. I would work on my database inside Notion first while I would still learn Airtable on the side. So what I would do is I would keep Notion as a prototype. I would keep using it the way I'm using it. And then once I see that Notion is limiting me, I would just take a small sample and try it in Airtable without moving the whole system altogether in one step because this will be overwhelming. So I would take only this project, only this part that I'm trying to use and take it to Airtable. And this is where I would start to problem solve it by watching tutorials, free tutorials first before talking to anyone, before checking anything. I would see their own solutions. They would have a ton of free solutions on YouTube, on Google, on their own website. Uh, their own templates. Um, lots of people don't recommend starting with templates on Airtable because it is complicated. It's better to really learn it as you go and then start using templates because you don't want to have a template and not know how to use it. Versus Notion, I mean, Notion, it's a little bit the opposite because the template shows you all the possibilities, but it's not very complicated Notion if you compare it to Airtable uh, because Airtable has things that are embedded inside that you don't see. Um, so that's why... It's better to take one use case, try to solve it, try to use it, get your skills up. And then after that, take another one and another one. Once you feel comfortable, then you can conf uh, confidently say we are moving the whole thing to Airtable. And this is when you can start using maybe Airtable consultants or then it would be worth it. It's, mm -hmm. it's like going to the gym. You, you don't want to hire a coach before you make sure that <laughs> at least you're going there, you know, for, for at least a month or two then the, the coach will help you to, to get extra uh, skills. That's such a good point. I feel like a lot of times people try to move everything over at one, one shot after they see a YouTube video or something. And of course it's going to be a failure. So that's a really good point. Um, okay. One, one question on notion or an issue with notion. I mean, you, I'm not sure if you're a Reddit user, but you know, like I follow a couple of threads regarding productivity and GTD and Notion, um, you know, and a lot of people love Notion, but it does, definitely does have some flaws. And one that people seem to really harp on is it doesn't have an offline feature. Um, have you run into that? Have you found any workarounds for that? Is that something that's ever, you know, like bothered you? I have had a couple of times where it would have been nice to have. And then I looked it up and I saw people were like freaking out because Notion was down and they couldn't study or they had some crazy thing in their life. But any, any comment on that? Um, my comment on that would be that this is why I use it only as the last part of my stack. So everything that is functional, that needs uh, agility that I talked about before, this is one of the points that I was emphasize that I needed to emphasize before is that this is why I always use other, uh, software to do the messy work. And then I would keep everything formal inside Notion because if Notion is down for a couple of hours or six hours, I'm good to go. I can always function with my other uh, with my other apps. I would always have like at least three to six hours of work somewhere else. And then if I needed to um, to use Notion, I would also have backups of Notion. So if you really need the information, you can go into your computer uh, where you back up. You can back it up once a month. And you would have, um, you know, all your databases show as HTML or as um, CSV. And then you can access the data that you need. Uh, it, it wouldn't look nice, but if you need it, you, you just need the, the, the data inside. But mm -hmm. this is one of, I don't have a solution for that. But I mean, I've designed my system in a way to not have to deal with that on a, on a consistent basis. Okay. Gotcha. Makes total sense. All right. And the last one, um, we're talking a lot about technology, but I'm curious how you think about disconnecting with technology. Um, you know, like a lot of people, I think they'll, it's a big Tim Ferriss thing, David Allen thing that they'll confuse, you know, productivity <laughs> with effectiveness or, or, um, efficiency with effectiveness. So for you, you know, is there anything you do to set time limits or, you know, like shut your computer or disconnect from a certain time, um, or just make sure that, you know, like you're not, working with email open, just anything like that to make sure that, you know, you're not 
maybe being busy instead of being productive when it comes to technology? Yes. So um, first thing is I have um, underlying mindset. Whenever I'm using technology, I'm always asking myself, am I using it or is, uh, am I just getting distracted or uh, I'm, is it using me basically? Because mm-hmm. I want to know, like once I'm using technology, I should have an answer of how is this benefiting me? So um, you want to you wanna, uh, always use technology as a producer and not a consumer, of course. So you want to know, like, even if you're collecting information or you're watching YouTubes, you want to know, are you just binge watching and finding like some good motivational entertainment and then watching 10 YouTube videos? Or are you really taking this note so that you put it inside your system and add it to your workout routine, for example, for to specifically use it tomorrow. So this is a good underlying mindset where I would even, uh, whenever I'm consuming content, I'm looking at, okay, how will this benefit me today or tomorrow or this week? Like, where is it? Is it, what task is it? I need to show you specifically, this is the task that I will be using from this video or from this piece of content or I would also tell you, okay, now this is part of my entertainment. Then I would be self-aware of this. So this mindset of self-awareness is really, really important um, when, whenever you are doing like any productivity type of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, this is why I talked about lifestyle design uh, before, because you want to make sure that you use all this productivity to get free time. So my, the ideal, the ideal scenario where you know that you have succeeded in being productive is that you basically have free time and a clear mind and you don't have to do anything basically, not the whole day, but you have control over certain periods of time where you're free to do anything you want. So the, the whole point of elite digitalist is to be human centric. We want to live the human experience in the best way possible. And the human experience is the best way possible is not to be, you know, consuming junk food, <laughs> junk, junk information all the time. I mean, you can enjoy it sometimes. You can um, do whatever you want, but the best way is to be free from all these systems to, to, to be, um, you know, to have a clear mind, to, to, to have time for your relationships, to, to have time for uh, your friends, your family, your life experiences, your travels, whatever you want to do. Uh, without being attached to the technology. So I feel the better we control these systems, the better they are uh, well-managed, the more we can take time off and the more we can just be in control of our um, whole life and lifestyle. Uh, Roy, I could ask a lot more questions, man, but I'm, I'm going to put a pin in it and maybe we'll do a part two. Um, the For audience sure. knows I, I, I never go over, like we're over the hour, but um, yeah, I guess that says something. So um <laughs> Roy, what's the best way for people to get connected with you, learn about your content, check you out on social media, um, and you know maybe maybe inquire about coaching or some of your paid stuff as well? Yeah, sure. So right now, my website is EliteDigitalist.com. So um, they can go to EliteDigitalist.com, and this would have um, every link related to my coaching program, to my Notion templates, uh, to everything related to that. Uh, also on social media right now, I'm mostly active on Instagram uh, at elite.digitalist and TikTok, the same name, at elite.digitalist. So uh, Instagram and TikTok would be um, uh, really a place where you can see all my content. And I'm also sometimes on Twitter at uh, Roy Kute, uh, R-O-I-K-U-T-T-E-H. So uh, this is where I'm mostly active on social media. Okay. Awesome. We will link all that. Roy, I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. Um, I learned a lot. I've been learning a lot watching the last couple months and I'm sure the audience has and will uh, check your stuff out. So thank you for coming on, man, and just keep it up. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And it was a pleasure meeting you as well. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com. 